Uh, Father, we come to you. We thank you that you've given us men and women. We appreciate that, Father, there. What makes us complete and what sets us right. And we just ask, Lord, that you would minister to us during this time. That your word would come to life in a special way. And that manna would come forth just for this evening, just for this meeting. And that people would walk away blessed and encouraged that they've met with you. Knowing that they've met with you. Experiencing and seeing that the living God has spoken to their hearts. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 1 Kings 14. 1 Kings chapter 14 if you're there. If not, if you can turn there with me. Yeah, yeah. Can we turn up the lights? That'd be great. Right. Love that. Love that. First Kings chapter 14. There's a lot, a lot, a lot that has happened that I don't have time. I was going to spend a lot of time on just kind of laying foundation on exactly where we're at in the text. Um, as you remember, yeah, we were all the way back in First Kings chapter 1 and I skipped First Kings chapter 7. The reason being is it's a lot of description of the temple and a lot of description of the house that Solomon builds. And um, I thought we wouldn't just spend time specifically on that. I thought we'd jump into uh, chapter 14 this week and get some a little bit of a story, a little bit of application here for us. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. There in verse 1. At that time, Abijah the son of Jeroboam fell sick. And Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise, I pray thee, and disguise thyself, that thou not know to be the wife of Jeroboam, and get thee to Shiloh. We'll stop there real quick in the, in the middle of verse 2. We have Jeroboam here. He is king. And we have his wife here with them, and their son becomes ill. Very sick. Deathly ill, I'm thinking. Because he makes her get up immediately and run. And move. And we're going to see here, she's going to go to see a prophet. But he says something interesting. He says, disguise yourself so that no one knows that you're the wife of Jeroboam. So like, hide yourself. Put on a wig. Put on some glasses Hide yourself. Don't let anybody know that you're with me, that you're my wife. Disguise yourself so when you go to this prophet, he won't know. Look what happens there in the second part of verse 2. He says, And get thee to Shiloh. Behold, there is Ahijah the prophet, which told me that I should be king over this people. And take with thee ten loaves and cracknels, and cruse of honey, and go to him, and he shall tell thee what shall become of the child. Okay. So Jeroboam, his son is sick, and he just tells his wife, disguise yourself, and go to the prophet, and ask him what is going to happen to our son, because he will tell you. 
Look what happens here in verse 4. And Jeroboam's wife did so and arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. And Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were set by reason of his age. So he had poor eyesight. The prophet cannot see very well. And she goes there to Shiloh to meet this prophet. And look what happens right before she gets there, there in verse 5. And the Lord said to Ahijah, who's that? Remember, this is the prophet. Behold, the wife of Jeroboam cometh to ask a thing of thee for her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus shalt thou say unto her. Okay, we'll stop there before he starts saying. So, Jeroboam tells his wife again to disguise himself and to go meet Ahijah, the prophet. And Jeroboam does not want, again, does not want Ahijah to know that this is the wife of Jeroboam. And so she disguises herself. She goes and, remember, his eyes are very dim. He can't see very well the prophet. And so what happens? As she's on her way to go visit this prophet, what happens? The Lord comes to Ahijah the prophet. The Lord speaks to him. Now, I was even looking at this and saying, and it says, the Lord said to him, I wonder if it was loud and clear, Ahijah, I'm speaking to you. There are a few times that we see prophets being spoken to audibly. Abraham, the friend of God, only heard the voice of God three times in his life. Three times. The friend of God. Three times. So I'm not too bummed when... I haven't heard the voice of God literally. Abraham, a man that sought God, obviously. But this man, the prophet, heard something. He heard the voice of God speak to him in some way. And I just wanted to bring this up real quickly because I think there's confusion a lot of times amongst the community of God. Like when God speaks to you, how do you know He's speaking to you? How do you know it's God? How do you know if you can hear His, if it's His voice or if it's something else in me speaking, something else in me that's speaking to me? Is it myself? Is it the enemy? What is it? The way that we can know, the way that we can tell, well, number one is, what I will do is when I go by myself in prayer, and I'll be sitting there, and things will come to me. Like just random, like like a little phrase or something here and there. If it is aligned with the Word of God, if it is aligned with the Word of God, listen, if it is aligned with the Word of God, it is something definitely that I think that you can take into consideration and say, this, I believe, is maybe God's speaking to me in some way, trying to tell me something. I know many times when I open the Word and I start reading, you ever done that where you start reading and it's like the words just come off the page and it's like, why is that speaking to me right now in my life? It's alive, it's living, it's powerful. I believe God can speak to you in random ways, walking down the street and all of a sudden it's just like, I just sense this like I need to do this right now. I just really feel like I need to step out and minister to this person. And it happens to me a lot. It's like, yeah, if I'm there in the grocery store, if I'm there you know, at the bank or wherever I'm at, and I just feel God like, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but I just feel this pulling, this pulling like to do something or to say something or to step out in some way. And a lot of times I wonder, I'll say, is this God or is this just Josh Thompson speaking to himself? Sometimes to tell you the truth, the majority of the time to tell you the truth, I don't know. I don't know if it's God. So what do I do? I just step out anyways. Now why? I step out. 
like say I, I feel like something in me like saying, uh, hey, pray for that guy over there. He's down. Huh? He doesn't look down. I mean, okay. I just told you he's okay. Is he down? He doesn't look down. Uh, yeah, I should pray for him. I don't know. And so, what I'll do is just step out and pray for him anyways. Hey man, how's it going? Good, dude. I know it sounds crazy, but can I just like, can I just pray a blessing on you? He's like, uh, huh? Yeah, you know, kind of like you know, just like, like pray over you and stuff. You know, he's like, um, okay, okay, it's kind of, and I know, I know, it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm trying to wait. I just, can I just, okay. Then all of a sudden, like in the midst of your prayer, you're sitting there and you're praying, and for some reason, like you just start praying about his family. You're praying for his family. You're praying for his family, and just that they'd receive rest and peace and all this. And all of a sudden, you know, he looks up and he's like, "Dude, man, you never like, you know, so and so just passed away in the family. Or man, you know, my dad can't make the rent this week, and it's really hard. And I just really appreciate that. Thanks for praying for me. It's like, yes. And other times, it's like, why do you pray for my family? Everything's fine." But this is the principle. Unless you step out, whether you think that you hear the voice of God or not, whether you step out or not, if you do not step out, God cannot use a person who sits still. If the car is not in drive, He cannot put His hand on you. He cannot minister through you. He cannot pray a prayer like that through you. That You just have this divine wisdom or understanding in your mind where you can pray this or pray that. We're going to look at something. You know, I'll just I'll, I'll bring it up right now because this is what happens. The Lord spoke to the prophet here, and look what happened. He told him, what did he tell him? He told this prophet, hey, a woman's coming to see you, and she's disguised herself, and it's Jeroboam's wife. God, he leaked. He, uh... He told the truth. He told what was happening to the prophet before the woman even got there. He kind of he whispered in the prophet's ear. He told him what was going to happen. This is a scary thing. This has happened to me just recently, where God has told somebody something without them knowing that they could ever or ever having the ability to know. It was at it was out in Costa Mesa, and this woman, this woman, I, I couldn't believe it. Check this out. This lady, right? She's like 40, probably 45, like right near. And I had just finished like pouring my heart out to one of my buddies, my buddy Dennis Chi. He's taught here before at the upper room, the Asian guy. And uh, I, I just poured my heart out to him and everything that was going on in my life and just like, dude, I don't do about this and pray for me about this, all this stuff. And I, I just, was just pouring my heart out there at Best Buy and as we went back to the church there where we were hanging out that night, this woman comes up randomly and just like, I'm going to pray for you. What? My buddy Josh Sisko knew her. And she's like, I want to pray for your friends. I'm like, okay. So we sit down to pray. And I'm sitting there and, and all of a sudden, I thought she, you know, she's going to pray for all of us. All of a sudden she starts praying for me. Josh just starts praying for me. And I'm like, okay. Okay, you know, I'm sitting there. And she opens this prayer with a song. 
I'm just like, okay, this is, whoa, what's going on here? She's singing a song, and like, is everybody here? He's like, she's just busting solo, and I'm like, oh, okay. But I was like, man, like, wow, she's she's coming before the throne room of God, like she's gonna sing a song, and then I won't have, I won't mention, you know, okay, well, she 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 starts to pray. And she comes, she lays her hand on me like this, and she prays just like in short, like 30 seconds at a time. Just like these short prayers. Like she'll start praying, and she'll stop, and then she'll just be like sitting there like, I'm talking to God, I guess. I, you know, I'm sitting there and just, okay. And she starts saying things. And, and, and Lord, I see, yeah, Josh is going through this right now. And this is happening in his life. And I just ask you to bring him peace and rest in it. And she starts like to spill the beans like right there. And I'm like, uh. And Dennis is sitting right next to me, the guy that I had told. And he starts laughing. He starts laughing during the prayer. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know, like, she's like, see it right here. And I'm just like, oh no. And she goes on to pray for me for the next 45 minutes. I'm dead serious. And she's praying for me. And she just keeps saying more and more and more stuff about my life. And I'm like, please, no more. You know, stop. Stop telling everybody, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, freaked out. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, I'm a skeptical person. Like, that kind of stuff. I kind of standoffish. I was raised in a Pentecostal church. And I remember all this weird stuff used to go on. And it's so it's hard for me to receive this mystical kind of thing. But did she just start speaking? I couldn't deny it. She's speaking right into my life, the things I just told Dennis. And I'm like, what's going on? And she just started praying over all these different things in my life. And I walked away just like strong and refreshed. Encouraged right there in that moment, like never before. I come to find out this woman, she's been a missionary like in another country for like 15 or 20 years. And she came back here to the States and she's been teaching at the high school there in Costa Mesa. And she's and she's a beautiful woman. She's like I said, like she said, she's like in her forties. Beautiful woman. She's still a virgin. She's never been married. I'm like what? She's set apart for the king. She's been dedicated to him all of her days. I, was like, I swear she's a prophet of God. You know, she's like an angel from heaven. Spoke right into my life. And so when when I see God telling a prophet something. Hey, Absolutely. God told him straight up. Hey, there's a woman coming. And I would ask, family, that you would be open. Listen, this is important. The things of the Spirit are very difficult. I know, it's hard to take in. But did you know that as much as we see right now, the physical happening right now, did you know that we're made up of Spirit and what you see, the flesh, and that as much physical that you see going on right now, that there is as much spiritual going on right now also. But those things don't make sense, and those things aren't logical, and those things are hard to grab onto, wrap your mind around. So we choose to push those things away. And that's why prayer is something I think we don't spend time in much. Because it's like, am I talking to the ceiling? Or is there really a God out there who's hearing me? Are there really angels around us? Is there really a spiritual world happening here? But I would hope that we as a family would start to grow the spiritual side of us. Hey, we've done enough of the physical, man. we got plenty. All day, every day I feed the physical. All day, every day I'm feeding my flesh. But to feed the spiritual, 
to spend time in prayer, to spend time in the Word, to feed your spirit. But even more so to be ready for God to speak to you, Michelle, in a way that may be a word for somebody. I don't know if that's God speaking to me or not. Step out. That woman did. Started praying things straight out in my face, like just believing that God was speaking it to her. And it was dead on. Step out. Watch how God wants to use you. Watch how He wants to use you to speak to somebody's life, minister in some random way. He can do it. He wants to do it. But He can only do it in people who are willing. It's true. So this prophet is told by God that this wife is coming of Jeroboam to ask something about her son. And there in verse 5, I'll just read it again. And the Lord said unto Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam, come to ask a thing of thee for a son. For he is sick. Thus and thus shalt thou say unto her. For it shall be, when she come in, that she shall feign herself to be another woman. And it was so, when Ahijah heard the sound of her feet, as she came in at the door, that he said, Come in, thou wife of Jeroboam. <laughs> Why do you hide yourself to be another? For I am sent to thee with heavy tidings. That's a scary thing, huh? Can you imagine? Say you were to come to the Moss's house, and you come to ask of something, this home. Say Jay over here is sitting here on the couch. God speaks to him. Josh Thompson's going to come to your door and ask for popcorn. Okay, whatever. It's random, I know. And all of a sudden, I come up to like knock on the door, and Jay opens the door, and he's got like popcorn right there for me. It's like, huh? Wow. How'd you know that? This is what happens to this woman. She comes disguised. And what happens? Come in, wife of Jeroboam. <laughs> like called her out like straight to her face. She couldn't run. She couldn't hide. I wonder if she was thinking as she's walking up to the door trying to be all quiet, but it said what? He heard her footsteps. His ears were probably very well developed because see, when a man's eyes go dim, the other senses are heightened. He heard her coming. And then what? She goes maybe before she even knocks one time. Yeah, Jeroboam. Hey, Jeroboam's wife, is that you? Okay, come on in. Come on. Come on. I know you're there at the door. She's like, uh-oh. You know, probably very scared at this point. And so she comes in to see this prophet and he shares with her there in that verse, the end of verse 6, I have heavy tidings or some heavy stuff to talk about. Some hard things to bring to you. Look what happens, verse 7. Go tell Jeroboam, he's speaking now to this woman, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, For as much as I exalted thee from among the people, and made thee prince over my people Israel, and rent the kingdom away from the house of David, and gave it to you, and yet thou hast not been as my servant David, who kept my commandments, and who followed me with all this heart, to do that only which was right in my eyes. We'll stop there real quick. So the prophet starts to tell this woman, Jeroboam's wife, this is the word that you're to tell your husband. Are you ready? Receive this. And he says, you have not been faithful 
as David has been faithful. I took it out of the kingdom out of the hand of David and I gave it to you. But you have not done what? Did you hear the last phrase there in verse 8? It says a couple things. You have not kept my commandments as David did. Kept my commandments. A man who followed me with all of his heart. And a man who did only that is which is right in my eyes, God is saying. A man who follows the commandments of God, who seeks God with all of his heart, and does only what is right in the eyes of God. Amazing. Number one, who follows the commandments of God. The commandments of God, there's two. Two. And that takes care of the whole law. Number one, love God with all of your heart. All of it. Have you ever loved somebody with all your heart? Have you ever tried to love someone with all your heart? Do you know what that means? Do you know the dedication that that takes? In a marriage between a husband and a wife, that love is laying down your life for one another daily. It's not 50-50 in a marriage family. You're missing it. It is not 50-50. It is 100 to 0. You give 100% all the time. Well, they did this and they did... No, 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 no. 100%. Well, well, she said that or he is a jerk. 100%. That's laying down your life. That's giving your all. That is obeying the command of God to love God with all of your heart. Remember, maybe you think in that kind of love... They don't deserve that kind of love. It's true. But guess what? You don't either. For did Jesus ever do anything wrong? We have a relationship with Him, don't we? And has He done anything wrong? No. We have done everything wrong. Then why is He laying down 100% all the time for us every day? Why is He continuing to forgive? Why is He continuing to bless? Why is He continuing to be faithful? Why is He the one who is dedicated He didn't do anything wrong. He shouldn't have to be that dedicated. We should if there's any. But do you see? God has loved us in this way. And so man, gotta love people in this way. Loving God in this way. Loving Jesus in this way. Laying down your life. Giving your heart 100 to 0. Everything, everything, everything. It's funny when you see people who just start going out or maybe are in love... They lay down their lives like non-stop, all day, left and right, up and down. It's like the buddies want to hang out. Sorry, man, i got to go hang out with her. <laughs> Come on, let's go to the mall and shop. No, hanging out with Joey tonight. <laughs> you know, constantly laying down, laying down everything. i got a phone call, i got, I got to take this, i got to take this, sorry. Guy's going into debt, man, putting whatever it takes on the credit card to pay for her. <laughs> Laying it down. But then when mom or dad needs some grocery from the store, it's like, eh, can I have your card? <laughs> Can't pay for that. Loving God with all your heart, obeying His commands. The number two command is loving people, loving one another. Loving, loving people. Loving people. You know who God loves? People that you don't. We need to love people. 
It's hard to love people that rub you the wrong way. I know. But the Bible even speaks about that. It's easy to love the man who's lovable. But who would love the one that no one will love? That is the one that God reaches His hand down to, I believe. This is the one that He shows favor to. The one that no one cares about. The one that no one has time for. God loves the unlovable. I remember John telling me this in the desert. He said, yeah, you got to love people that God loves in the church. And then John's like, but we don't have to like them, right? And he's like, no, wrong. Jesus likes those people a lot too. Just as much as He likes you. We got to be people who love, who obey His commandments, who follow me with all of their heart, do only that which is right in the eyes of God. I love that. Which is only right. Which is only right. Listen to this. This is a good quote, something you need to know. When you're in a fishy situation and you don't know what to do, whether or not this is a gray area in the Bible or something you may have conviction on and others don't, or trying to figure out, like, should I do this or not? This is always it. Here it is. You don't ask the question of whether or not this thing is okay to do. Not whether or not it's okay. You ask the question whether or not it is right. And if you can say this is right, and this is just, and this is honest, the things of God, then move forward. But if it's not something that you believe is right, then do not move there. Should I go to the party? Uh, I mean, is it okay to go? Well, yeah. It is okay. Jesus, man, hung out with sinners day and night. He was the friend of sinners. But now the question comes, not whether or not it's okay, but whether or not it is the right thing to do. That is what is important. You see how that comes into play? When you recognize what is right in your life, what is right according to the Scriptures, you will start doing things that are right in the eyes of God. And this is David. This is the man after God's own heart. Let's move on. Verse 9. He continues speaking to this woman, the prophet. Speaking about her husband, tell him this. Verse 9, But has done evil above all that were before him. For thou hast gone and made the other gods molten images to provoke me to anger, and hast cast me behind thy back. Wow. He's made other gods molten images and provoked me to anger, God says. Images, idols. Find the thing that you spend the most time doing and recognize that it can be an idol in your life. What do you spend time doing? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your treasure, what is your treasure? It is what you invest in. 
If you are investing in the kingdom, if you are investing in the things of God, if you're investing your time in the things of God, your heart will follow after. That is where your heart will be. But you see, where we spend our time, that is where our heart will be. Where do you spend your time? Just Let's just analyze this week. Come on. Do with me. Where do we spend our time today? What do we spend our time doing? The things that we spend a lot of time doing, the things that we spend time on, period, are the things that we will be drawn to, are the things that we will hey, find ourselves clinging to and not being able to let go of. And these things can be little idols that rise up within your life. The TV, friend, is a huge idol amongst America today. The screen, period. We've got to get away from this thing. It will destroy your family in the future. Did you know that? It's okay to have TV. It's okay to watch shows and watch movies. That's fine. But it's when it takes up more time than you want to give it. Before you know it, man, it's been three hours. Watched Ricky Lake, Montel, and Oprah. <laughs> Dang, three hours. But I think this is a scary thing for our generation. This is one of the images. This is a God that is before us. That I'm telling you, if we do not take a hold of it right now, you guys, we got people in here probably as young as maybe 14, 15, up to maybe 28. 30. Robert, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I couldn't help but think. No. 28. <laughs> um, but I think Robert would even testify to us the truth that he can see it with his own eyes that he is outside of our generation. He is looking in and saying the families are going to be corrupt. They're going to be messed up. The people are going to be destroyed by a simple, by a tune, by this. It's okay, again, it's okay to watch movies, it's okay to do those things, that's, that's fine, that's fine. It's not about that. It's about spending too much time. It's about when the family doesn't get around the table anymore and spend time just eating and talking to one another, fellowship. It's when we're so glued to the screen that we can't get away. It's when the child needs help doing something and dad is saying, hold, hold on just a sec, i got to watch this last part. It's when the wife desires some attention but pops is too focused on the TV. It's when the woman is caught up in these shows and receiving advice from this TV and not from the Word of God anymore. This thing is going to destroy our generation, I guarantee it. If we do not stand up, I'm not saying you got to start go TV smashing. It ain't about that, okay? No, that's fun, but no. It's about making conscious decisions right now in our lives as we are young, and we will have families very soon. And you got to start making decisions now about your family. Like, man, I want to spend time with my family. I will not be one who misses out on the childhood of my kids because, hey, if we count up the hours, I spent more time on the TV than I did with my child. God forbid. 
or that my child learns more things from the TV than he does from me. God forbid. It's important. It's crucial that we strike down these images, that we strike down these things right now. It's like, man, you watch TV these days. I know I'm going off in a tent. This is just important. Guys, our minds are being destroyed by the TV. Let's get honest. It's like naked chicks running around there now. It's like it's just no big, no big thing. That's what they do. And as these images get plastered into our minds, listen, it's important. Then when our wife does not look like that, and our wife does not do those things that I see on the TV, she doesn't act that way that the TV tells me. Because I have these images stuck in my head, then I put her down in my mind. I don't think that she's everything that God has brought her to me to be. What a bummer. We can't allow this to happen. Same thing for the women, please. Recognize these things. It's crucial. Our generation will be wiped out. America will sink and fall because of things as small as a TV in a house, an image that is before the King, that is before God. Let's read a little bit here. Verse 10. Since Jeroboam has done these things, he's saying, God's speaking to this woman through the prophet. Verse 10. Therefore, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam and will cut off Jeroboam him that pisseth against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel and will take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam as a man taketh away dung till it be all gone. Him that dieth of Jeroboam in the city shall the dogs eat and him that dieth in the field shall the fowls of the air eat for the Lord has spoken it. Arise, thou therefore get thee to thine house and when thy feet enter into the city, the child shall die. Stop there. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to close it down. Just two points. We'll close this. So the Lord says straight up, Jeroboam's kingdom, this whole thing is just going to fall. It's just going to smash. And it's going to be pulled away a little bit at a time and the whole thing will crumble before your eyes. That's how the enemy works. It's just a little bit at a time. He just starts picking at one thing in your life. And before you know it, the walls are falling down. And before you know it, your kingdom's done. Your life is ruined. That's why, brothers, we must be strong, holding up one another. We talk about this frequently, me and the guys. And I want to exhort the ladies in this also. We must come together. Because I'm telling you, that when one brother or one sister, somebody, something starts working in their mind or in their heart and we're not being open and they start going off and doing something or being somewhere or being distracted by something and before you know it, it's far, they're far from me. And I'm like, ah, this happened. I, I brought this up before but I'll bring it up just for picture again. A friend I know, a very close friend, He's serving in a church, and one of his leaders, one of his guys, is like full on, full blast, like leading the crew. It's like tight, one of his tightest guys, all of a sudden just randomly said, 
I'm not doing the Christian thing anymore. What if his top guys said, I'm not doing it anymore? And it was because of a woman. It was because of a girl. This girl he knew at school that he likes and he wants to be in a relationship with her. And so he's like, no, I'm just, he just threw the whole thing away. Just bang right there on the spot. No more Christianity. What? How does this happen? It starts slow. It starts a little bit at a time. Before you know it, the kingdom falls. We're going to be on guard about these things within our households and we have them one day. We've got to be on guards about these things within the relationships that we have. That's why, man, me and the guys, I, I just continue like, please, brothers, let's just be honest and open. If there's something going on, let's talk about it. Let's be open. If there's something eating you away and you need to share it, you need to share it with somebody. Because I don't want to see. I talk with, man, this One of the one of the pastors there at the church, I asked him, I said, Hey, how many of the leaders are still around that were around when you were in your twenties? So I probably count them on my hand. They're all gone. What? How's this happen? I said, Not this generation. Not these people. Not pridefully do I say that. But I hope that we would be one that would come together and, hey, if you need to be honest with somebody, don't let pride get in the way and say, man, I can't tell that to them. Why? Well, because then they're going to look down on me and they're going to think less of me. For the sake of your soul. For the sake of your own life before the kingdom falls, please. Let's talk about these things. Let's be honest. Ladies, be honest with one another, please. Don't be scared to share. Because I guarantee when... When you're done sharing, they start sharing the same thing. And they start pouring out their life and the struggles and the things that are going on inside of them. And then you pray for one another. It's like, man, I'm glad we're a bunch of losers. God loves us, man. It's important. Don't allow these things to creep in. It's, he told the woman that the child's going to die as soon as she steps into her house, as soon as she steps into the city. Remember? The whole reason she was going to see the prophet was why? Because her son was sick. He said, now that your husband has not been faithful, the, the child will die. Repercussions, man. Repercussions. Listen. Sin is always greater than what you can handle. And the repercussions are always bigger than what you think. If you think that you can deal with this sin, if you think that you can go there and do that, I warn you, it is greater than what you can handle and you'll be crying out to the living God or crying out to somebody next to you wishing that you would have never went there, that you would have never done those things. You want to know what sin does to you? Look at the cross. Go watch the Passion of the Christ. Sin will sh- put you to shreds, man. You'll be a bloody mess before you know it. That's why the cross was so gruesome. It's to give us a picture of what sin does. Sin will destroy you. And when it does, the enemy will come and laugh it in your face and say, aha, you little buster, you got ripped off by me. How do you feel? They make you feel worse. Run from these things. Stay far from them. Stay close and tight to the family of God. Not so we can have a bigger church. Not so we can have more people. Absolutely not. We don't need more people. We need to work on ourselves. We need to minister to the people around us right now. Need to be a family. Let's move on here, verse 13. 
And all Israel shall mourn for him. Who? The child who's about to die. And they'll bury him. For he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found some good thing toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, the Lord shall raise him up, a king over Israel, who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam that day. But what even now? For the Lord shall smite Israel as a reed is shaken in the water. And he shall root up Israel out of the good land which he had gave to their fathers and shall scatter them beyond the river because they have made their groves provoking the Lord to anger. And he shall give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam who did sin and who made Israel to sin. I want to read this again and I want to insert the word America in verse 15. And this will happen This Scripture will happen if we turn and continue to seek the graven image, if we continue to seek the things of the world, if we continue to seek wicked things, this is what will happen. Look at verse 15. For the Lord shall smite America as a reed is shaken in the water, and He shall root up America out of its good land which He gave to their fathers, and shall scatter them beyond the river, because they have made their groves, provoking the Lord to anger. You know what the groves are? The groves is the, is the place where they would go and have these orgies and section. All this party stuff would happen in the groves. It's like party central. I guarantee that these things will happen to us if we do not turn from our ways, if we do not pray, if we do not seek the face of God. That is why we, I'm telling you, we can impact the city right here, Riverside. Maybe you need to do that after the study. Maybe you need to walk out that door and you need to look out there. You need to see that there's a bunch of people hurting out there and we need to love them in the name of Christ. You need to lay hands on them and pray for them and encourage. Not so they come into the kingdom, but I guarantee as a result of doing that, people will come into the kingdom. They want to seek God. They will see your heavenly works. They will see your good works and glorify your heavenly Father. I'm going to stop there. There's just a few small things that happen here at the end, and I wasn't really going to get into it anyways. I was just going to read till the end. So I would just encourage you just to read 17 to 31. It's only what? It's not even 15 scriptures. But I really feel That the word of the Lord for us tonight has been one that would obey His commands, but one that would be set apart. You know, I took a, I took advantage of the grace of God for a long time. I didn't want to live a holy, righteous life. I always say I'm forgiven, man. It's cool. But God has done so much. He's been so good. That's beside the point. For God has called us to live holy. Righteous, set-apart lives. What kind of things, I just want to close it, what kind of things can we do practically in our lives right now that will cause us to be holy and set-apart? What kind of things, what kind of steps do you need to take practically in your own life right now? I'm tired of talking about it. Let's be doers. Let's figure out what we need to do, family. Let's look into our hearts. We've made many decisions. I I try to have you guys make decisions every single week. But what will cause you to be set apart? What is it that's holding you back? 
What image? What is the thing you spend time in? What is the thing stopping you from seeking the face of your king? Can we make conscious decisions? Ones that last? Ones that are for real? What does it take? Does it take you uh, getting post-its and putting them up in the mirror in the morning? Does it take them putting them all over your room on the door in your car? Does it take a reminder on your phone? You need to put something in your calendar? What's going to remind you at school tomorrow? What is it? What's going to open your eyes at work tomorrow? How's it going to be different? How will things change? We must figure these things out right now. That's what we'll do. I don't know how many pens we have in here and how many papers, but right now, everybody, please just take out, take out your pen. Take out a pen, please. I got mine. If you don't have the pen, that's all right. Uh, maybe the person can pass it next to you as soon as they're done. Right now, we're just going to take one minute. One minute. We're going to write down one thing. I'm going to write it on my hand because that's all I got. I'm going to write down one thing that I'm going to try and make a decision to do tomorrow. Right now, tomorrow. Start moving forward in that direction within my life. A reminder. I don't know what it is for you. But let's just take, let's just take, you know, let's, let's talk to the Lord first. And then I'm going to stop praying. And then I just want you to write that thing down, okay? And the people around you who don't have a pen, uh, just pass it to them, okay? So they can write something down to you, please. Let me go before the king and have him reveal things to us right now. Father, do you hear us, God? We come to ask of you that you would reveal to us the things that are stopping us from being close to you. That we would be willing and ready to make decision right now within our hearts. Would you ready us for this? What is it, Lord? For some, it's a big decision. I can see it. For others, there's little variation that needs a change. Father, would you show your people right now Would you show your people right now? Let God speak to you and show you exactly what it is. And let's write that thing down. Go and just write that thing down. I got it. I got mine here. I'm not going to read it to you. I know. And I want us to pray these things in also. Okay? You know what? We're going to pray these things in for one another. Is that all right? Okay. I think that uh, just the person next to you, if you feel comfortable, if you don't, it's just like, I'd, uh, I would really purge you. To maybe, uh, yeah, just it, it, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be some like, thus the thou prayer. No, 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 no. It's, it's all right. Maybe just lay your hands the person next to you and just say, you know, hey, or... or Maybe if you don't know the people around you, or you, and you and you want to pray for them anyway, sorry, just let's just make it comfortable, just real quick. Because why? Hey, we're Christian. We're Christian. We, we, we pray, right? That's what we do.
And so let's just pray that in, just over the people next to you, just real quick, okay? And, um, yeah, let's just, let's just do that right now. Why don't you just, just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you or whatever, and just, if you want to lift, you just lift up a quick prayer. Just say, God, can you help them? Or what, whatever. Just something real quick. I don't want to speak. Come on, we can do it, fam. We can do it. Is that all right? We can do it. Just look around. Just look around. Make sure you get people next to you. Uh, there you go. Yep, yep. Okay, we're all right. We're all right. Just go. Just lift up. Robert, you want to? Yeah, you want to just lift up a prayer over here. Just lift up a quick prayer. That'd be great. Let's uh, let's go ahead and pray. Why don't you uh, pray for one another real quick, and then I'll close in prayer. Okay. All right. And uh, Father, we. Uh, we just want to pray these things in for all of us, Lord. Just saying, yeah, uh, Lord, you know what I need. And I want to be a man who serves and is faithful to you as a blessing to you, who does what is only right in your eyes. Please help us. Please mold us and shape us into the image of your Son. Please bless every single one who's come here tonight. Father, let the relationship with you grow and become closer to you. Getting to know your heart even tonight. Father, all the needs. I know there's many here in this room tonight. Financial, physical, friendships and family, jobs, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but I just ask that you provide for their needs. And that you would be God. And that we'd be your people. And we'd live according to your word. We bless your heart. Bless your people. Let your face shine upon them. Let them see you. I want to live for you. Thank you for the work you're doing in us, Father. We're so thankful. And so we lay down our lives in the best way we know how. We just offer ourselves to you. If there's anything you want, King, anything that you desire, even in the fellowship night, whatever, we're available. We are available. I want to love people and love you. Thank you. Bless these in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.